Hi, welcome to The Slow Reader, a podcast about books. I'm your host, Steve. And uh, this week, this episode, we are covering Gone, chapters 32 to 39. Well, there's been a lot of new information revealed in these chapters as the story races toward a conclusion. Uh, I considered going to the end of the book for this podcast episode, but I uh, I like where we end up at the end of chapter 38. The hours represented in these chapters are 97 hours, 43 minutes to 36 hours, 37 minutes. That makes an elapsed time of roughly two and a half days. Let's dive right into it. Chapters 32 to 36. Lana, Sam, and Astrid, Idilio, Quinn, and Little Pete take refuge from the coyotes in Hermit Jim's cabin. They talk about the mutated animals while they eat some of the supplies, and eventually Pack Leader and the Coyotes return, intent on luring the kids out of the cabin, so Sam and Adelio reinforce the door to keep them out. Back at Coates Academy, they're ready to film Andrew's birthday minutes to see what happens when he disappears. When the time comes and goes, Andrew at first doesn't fade away. He thinks he's safe, but seconds later, he vanishes. Jack plays back the footage on a large monitor, frame by frame, and finds that Andrew was smiling at something and possibly reaching out for a hug. They guessed that time slowed down for Andrew, and that he was seeing something the others couldn't. They compare it kind of to a carnivorous plant, like Andrew was seduced just before vanishing. Back at the cabin, the kids try to figure out a way to get past the coyotes when they discover the coyotes managed to get fire, probably to burn the humans out of the cabin. They decide to leave rather than be burned as smoke starts to fill the cabin. With Sam's power, they blast through the cabin and manage to scare the pack of coyotes away. With no more cabin to provide shelter, they make their way back to Perdido Beach. Drake and his bully crew find a vantage point to watch for Sam and the others. They spot the fire and the green light from the fight with the coyotes, and they set a trap to capture them. They're brought to Coates Academy, where preparation is underway to encase Sam's hands in blocks of concrete, just as Kane and Drake had done to the other Coates kids with powers who didn't want to fall in line. Sam is forced to put his hands in the concrete, as well as Astrid, and are about to do the same to little Pete. She helps create a distraction and goes to slam Pete's Game Boy with her concrete block, when suddenly her blocks and everyone else's vanish. As Drake fires his gun at little Pete, Sam uses his power to burn Drake's gun arm and set it on fire. Sam's group gets away, bringing with them a group of the kids from Coates who are locked up. As the group heads to Perdido Beach, Lana begins healing the Coates kids. Sam gives a speech to try and to unite the two groups together for the inevitable fight against Kane and his crew. News spreads quickly through Perdido Beach that Sam is back to the relief of most except Howard, who immediately runs to Orc to figure out what to do. Orc, though, is struggling with killing Bet. All he wants to do is drink beer. They realize that they sim- can't simply join with Sam because of what Orc did to Bet, so they resolve to stay on Kane's side. Chapters 36 to 39. At Coates, Drake's burned arm needs to be amputated. As he's held down, Diana saws off the dead part of his arm, and Drake passes out, but he sees as he blames Sam for burning his arm. Over in Perdido Beach, Sam is trying to gather his resources and figure out what powers the other kids have. He instructs Idilio to go out on a secret mission to gather the weapons from the power plant he discovered earlier. On a lighter note, he talks to Albert, the kid who took on the operation of the McDonald's, 
about organizing a Thanksgiving dinner for everyone. They figure they need something nice to look forward to. Lana is exhausted after healing a lot of different injuries and falls hard asleep on a couch in one of the houses. After she wakes up and finds some clothes to wear, she finds the now one-armed Drake waiting for her in the house. He forces her at gunpoint to come with him to heal his arm. They catch up with Howard and Orc, and a crazy scene ensues as coyotes attack from all directions. Orc disappears in the madness, but Howard is able to broker a deal with the coyotes. They head toward the darkness together. Sam and Adelio bring Astrid to a TV in the former mayor's house. They've found a DVD containing security footage from the power plant from the day everyone disappeared. They watch and realize that the power plant was actually experiencing a meltdown. A flash of static blanks out the screen for several seconds, and the screen returns to show Little Pete alone in the middle of the room. The implication? Little Pete stopped the meltdown and caused the phase. They also theorize on the nature of the powers the kids have developed. They think that maybe they're channeling the power from a single source, but that's as far as they get. Meanwhile, Lana, Drake, and Howard are being led back to the gold mine, to the darkness. It speaks through Lana and realizes that Drake would make a much better teacher for the coyotes. Lana is forced to heal Drake's amputated arm, but something other than human flesh begins to grow in its place. Well, so far, everything happening in this section of the book is picking up on crumbs left earlier in the novel. I'm happy about this. Uh, I don't know much about the rest of the book series, but I was worried that there would be a lot of threads left open. I'm a little surprised that we got a partial answer as to what's causing all of this, which is Little Pete. I'm still unclear as to how the mutation started. They obviously started before the power plant meltdown, but um, I kind of wonder if maybe the mutations are related to some sort of leak from the plant. I also can't figure out why it was everyone over the age of 15 that disappeared. We don't get ever get a POV from Little Pete in this book, so I'm not sure what the answer is. I may try to look up spoilers for the rest of the series when I'm done to find some of the answers. But I did want to point out a really annoying name in the book. They reveal Lana's name is Lana Arwen Lazar is her full name. And I kind of thought that was a bit on the annoying side. But anyway, that's all for my commentary for now. Anything further would just really cover ground for the final chapter. So I want to wait till the next episode for that. Well, what's next well, chapters 39 to final. I've actually finished the book, so I know that that's the one more podcast that I'm going to close it out with my final thoughts. Uh, so we'll do chapters 39 to final in the next episode. After that, I'm going to have, I think, one or two bonus short story episodes, still deciding on what to cover for my next book. I've thought about Dune, which is a big project, but also I've got a new Star Wars book, Master and Apprentice. That's kind of tempting. But there's also always a kind of a wild card that might be completely out of the blue. So I will make sure to uh, have a decision by uh, or have a have a book ready to start reading after the next short story episode. Um, what else is going on? Well, my Twitter friend Josh Wettenkamp at Wet Josh started a new podcast, Science Fiction Shorts. In that one, he reads a short piece of fiction and then talks about it. It was quite enjoyable for the first episode. It's a full-length episode, so it's well over an hour, but he reads a full story and uh, and then talks about it a little bit. So this first one was uh, was the introductory episode. I highly recommend it. 
Um, my brother told me he's reading Wild and Crazy Guys, which is a book about Bill Murray, Steve Martin, John Belushi, Dan Aykroyd, Chevy Chase, and Ed Murphy. At least those are the ones on the cover. Um, apparently contains such nuggets as Murphy and Sylvester Stallone wanted to star in Godfather Part 3 or Part 4. I think he said a third sequel, but it never happened due to a falling out, which uh, that in itself is, I would call, wild and crazy. Well, okay, pop culture time. I don't quite qualify this as pop culture, but I recently read All Our Relations by Tanya Talaga. It covers the suicide epidemic facing Indigenous youth around the world with a focus on Canadian First Nations people. It's an incredible read and left me shaking my head at all the agreements and planning from governments that led to complete inaction. This past week, the inquiry into missing and murdered Indigenous women released their final report with calls to action, and the current Canadian government seems to be taking it seriously, but I fear more inaction should the government change in the fall. I'm also skeptical of the action taken, uh, given the book I just read. Still, I think it's important to read, and I think everyone should go read it, especially if you don't know much history of your indigenous people and culture in your country. That's it for me. Thanks for listening.